2: Welcome in to the Rotowire Thursday NFL podcast, brought to you by Yahoo and Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. John McKechnie, hanging out with you today, and as always, joined by co-host Mario Puig. Mario, what's going on, man?
1: Co-host seems generous. I'm, I'm more like, a, well, I don't. They don't really have a title for what I do. It, traditionally, they don't have a title for people that don't do anything, do they? <laughs> uh, we've got a host and a, what is it, a stowaway? Maybe that's the word. I'm not, I'm not totally sure but i i don't know i feel like you 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 uh you pull your weight on
2: this absolutely
1: awesome uh i'm glad you think so uh but yeah it, it's it's good to be here it's good it's nice to get a free ride and and we've got a cool thursday game your your ravens are gonna Probably make Adam GaSe cry on national television. Yeah,
2: he's get, we're gonna get the thousand yard Adam GaSe stare a lot tonight. I'm very very much looking forward to that. Uh, I'm gonna be wearing my Ravens onesie, just going nuts in my apartment. It's gonna be a good time.
1: I know, or I think I've brought it up before, but Adam GaSe doesn't get enough credit for looking exactly like uh, Mister God from the South Park episode with the Red Dragon reference.
2: Oh my gosh, he does. Yeah, he does. With all the
1: hands. So uh, let's get that meme going tonight, folks. Uh, you'll you won't hear this until tomorrow, probably, but you'll see the meme and you'll you'll know it started here yeah listeners get cracking
2: on that but uh let's start uh heading into sunday's slate here obviously what we'll skip over uh tonight's game from an analytical perspective (laughs) um let's get into i want to go by order of over-unders here so the one uh carrying the highest this week is the titans going up against the texans that's surprising man i don't know what it is about them but you know as as a ravens fan i I wouldn't want to see them in the playoffs. They are playing really really well right now. It's it's all clicking. I know that a lot of it hinges on Derrick Henry and and the health of that hamstring here down the stretch. Uh, I know he wasn't practicing as of Thursday, but he's going to end up playing on Sunday. And then this Texans secondary, you know, again going back to the Titans for a second. This isn't a team that throws it a ton, but that Titans or that Texans secondary got lit up by drew Locke. i mean this does not bode well uh, for these texans here going on the road to to face the titans who are three-point favorites in this one
1: yeah the titans are the kind of team you just generally don't want to see because when you have a team that runs it as much as them and is content to just eat the clock uh, starting from the first snap of the game they're they're just trying to end it as soon as they can and that's the kind of thing that uh just increases the luck variable so especially if you're the better team you you hate to go against a team like that because they're they're trying to make the game come down to a, a bounced ball that goes against you basically because then it's like the ball bounces against you and you have enough time to make up for it in the bigger sample that that's that's fine but against the titans it, it just has a way of uh, bouncing away from you and then you look up and the clock is gone and uh now they're actually playing well in addition to that approach and i guess it might be as simple as Tannehill. Uh, being an upgrade over Marcus Mariota that he's played legitimately well so I as much as I think obviously he's going to regress from uh, whatever 10 yards a pass or whatever he's doing that's probably going to get down to like eight maybe eight and a half eventually but right now he's played well and he's got AJ Brown probably emerging as a top 20-ish sort of receiver in my opinion I don't know if people have have really looked at what he's doing but he's performing it ridiculous yeah he's I'd I've said top 32 a few weeks ago and I kind of felt like a coward for only saying like I could have at least gone to 30, you know, Uh, but now I'm now I'm like overcompensating for it. Like AJ Brown is like the best receiver dude. And, but he is to be serious, probably top 20, I think. And Corey Davis, I think is still good. As much as I think Adam Humphreys was a terrible contract, he can contribute. They got Johnny Smith and Anthony are both above average pass catchers at tight end. So they got a lot of tools. And, you know, even if they keep kind of doing this uh, clock killing sort of offense, and even if they keep hiding Tannehill instead of really letting him cut loose, it's like those guys, those those skill position players are always going to be good and uh that's that's different from recent years too it's like they actually have talent it's this is not completely inexplicable what they're doing
2: yeah they don't like have to be forcing targets to tajay sharp oh my god
1: the tajay sharp offense it's it's gone and and we love to see it go it's so bad uh but yeah this all set up for the titans this week i just think tennessee even if mike vrabel is not a great coach it's like they've got Uh, a much more coherent identity i think with with, i don't even know what the texans aspire to do exactly on offense it's like bill o'brien just seems like a series of uh, conventional wisdoms uh just just playing out in practice like he's just oh you got to try to establish the runner at least it's like great carlos hyde offense like well no we're not quite that we're we're gonna that's probably not gonna work and we're gonna try to catch up really fast just uh, having deshaun watson play hero in the second half whereas the titans know what they want to do and they have a coherent rollout plan for it it's like derrick henry derrick henry you know we don't we don't mind telling you ahead of time that he's going to get the ball you can try to stop it and if you do we'll we'll just throw the ball deep and and maybe maybe everything will work out and it has lately whereas with the texans i feel like whenever they do something right it's almost just by chance or or just by you know deshaun watson transcending and uh deshaun watson can transcend in any given game but he will specifically i think need to do that to beat a team that's uh just better in my opinion The definitely the the titans defense is much better And they've gotten healthier in recent weeks with Jayon Brown and Jarrell Casey. I don't know what the latest is with their corners. I know Adoree Jackson missed some time there. But uh, they've got some skill on defense, too. So if they do get points on you it's not easy to catch up it's 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 a real danger uh, to fall behind to this team even even by like a field goal
2: yeah I, th- I think so too so you know this is a tough spot uh, here for the Texans correct me if I'm wrong but I think this is the first of two meetings that they have here to to end the season uh, let me pull up the game log at, uh, yeah in week 17
1: okay, at so, Houston they okay, also play so this
2: will be kind of a, a crazy uh, little end end of the season like mini or just really sped up uh rivalry between these two uh teams going at it twice in three weeks so i'm excited to see what what happens uh here in the tennessee uh leg of that series i think that the titans can cover this one i think they can win
1: yeah what is, is this uh three, three, point three points bait. yeah that's that sounds about right i am I. don't know about the over going as high as it has I, I feel like if if the titans are in control of a game that they, they, they'll get out quickly but yeah, that, that Houston defense is looking pretty weak itself, so uh, maybe maybe Tannehill really does have another 25-attempt, 350-yard kind of game. Is he in right now? Uh, I don't know. It's Honestly, I haven't looked specifically at, at uh, Tannehill's career long enough, or, or this year even, to, to kind of figure out what's going on differently. It might be just as simple as he's just got... A lot of good players around him and as long as those players are that good maybe he can keep playing like this but yeah the the ypa will drop it's like no quarterback does what Tannehill's doing right now for more than whatever six games at a time you don't throw for 391 yards on 27 attempts it doesn't happen
2: no exactly so a regression candidate to be sure but again when you're faced against this Texans uh, secondary that's not very good i don't think there there's going to be much yeah. regression at least this week he has a margin
1: of error with which to regress it's not like he's on you know a, a razor's edge of, of efficiency and output where he, he a little bit less here makes the whole thing fall apart it's just that lately he's been kind of perfect and he mm-hmm. could he could regress and still be good exactly exactly so that's what we
2: expect here uh let's move on over to the Seahawks going up against the Panthers Seahawks coming off that tough L this past weekend 6 point favorites in this one going east to face the Panthers who are floundering a little bit in their own right
1: yeah they're uh they've got their issues i don't know what to make of this uh, Seahawks offense In general going on the road like this like i don't know if i don't know if we have any reason to be concerned with with the russell wilson in the passing game obviously they had some struggles with the rams the the panthers pass rush can present some problems certainly especially if they allow uh, brian burns to actually play more than 15 or so snaps but it feels like one of those things to me where it's like can russell wilson really have two bad games in a row i'm sure it's happened but just seems like one of those things you don't really want to bet against especially since pass rush aside I don't think the Panthers defense is especially intimidating so maybe the travel throws off the Seahawks a little bit but if not uh this Rashad Penny injury really sucks I hate yes. that so much I hate uh, everything because of that but Chris Carson should be able to run at will against this Carolina defense unless they sell out to stop the run and in which case it's like if you sell out against the run against the seahawks absolutely i'll bet on wilson to let you up so i don't see how the panthers make this meaningfully competitive like i can imagine kyle allen especially since dj moore is going to be lined up against trey flowers all game i can see kyle allen piling up some numbers but i think as has generally been the case if it comes down to a competitively meaningful moment he will generally fail in that moment but there's still numbers to be piled up for more i mean he's getting like 10 15 targets every single game the coverage is easiest where he runs in this offense curtis samuel can get open he's he's a i think he's really good uh, i don't know if you saw those numbers about uh, how the most missed receiving yardage and it's like the leaders in the league are curtis samuel at one and dj Moore at two that adds up <laughs> yeah i was like i feel like i'm watching these panthers games and curtis samuel is always open and kyle allen is always like kind of throwing it away kind of throwing it at him and and when he's definitely throwing it to him it's also not good and kind of sucks but at at least they're at least they're both good um and and dj Moore being the lower depth of target he'll be fine either way so yeah he looks great Uh, i guess you can think of ian thomas probably set up for another good game uh yeah if if McCaffrey plays he'll he'll do what he always does but I still think it comes down to some point where basically Kyle Allen turns it over one or two or three too many times and Russell Wilson just doesn't
2: yeah he's been a turnover machine so I, I would expect the Seahawks to you know get a few uh possessions there and plus territory and take advantage I don't I'm a little bit shook on the Seahawks after after last yeah. week. so like I don't know if I trust them
1: six points on the road that's a lot i guess yeah because I, I can imagine kyle allen finishing this game with like 280 yards and three touchdowns and two interceptions or an interception and two fumbles or something like that like something where the, the seahawks still come out ahead but i'm thinking more like four or five points than right. the six yeah it's me too so that that's my lean on that one six so and I'm a half that's spread. yeah that's a little bit too much for me
2: <laughs> yeah definitely yeah when it's six and a half, absolutely. Um, let's move on over to the Browns going up against the Cardinals uh, Baker Mayfield Odell Beckham I mean this is such a prime spot but we've seen them fall flat in prime spots uh, before this season
1: I'm going in man yeah I'm going okay. in yeah I don't where, where is uh What what is Baker's price on uh actually I don't know I, I guess I got to see more about uh his stupid hand because even though he wasn't on the injury report last week I, I bet he was still hurt so maybe that's a problem, but... Well, maybe if, he just bullied the uh, training staff into leaving him off it. Yeah, and well, also, all the teams now are just doing very obvious, uh, what do you, I don't know what the, forgery? Um, they're just, they're just, they're making a mockery of the league's protocol because they know that the league is in no position to enforce any kind of penalty for uh, misinformation so they're just kind of calling that bluff as long as it's there so yeah you see all these guys on the like being removed from the injury report and then you watch them in the game and it's like they're obviously hurt Uh, so whatever if if Mayfield in any case is at I don't know 85% I just don't know how he can fail against this defense which has made guys like Kyle Allen Jared Goff um there's there's gotta be some other crap quarterback who looked good against these guys, but I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's the Cardinals. I just don't know how they can blow this. It's in, I actually like that. It's in Arizona rather than Cleveland getting, getting indoors. Uh, maybe, maybe going out West being indoors, maybe gives Baker that old big 12 kind of feel. Uh, maybe, maybe he, uh, maybe he becomes Heisman Baker did he win a Heisman he did I, okay, I assume it's he assume you win you when you put up numbers like that um but yeah it's uh, Odell Beckham Jarvis Landry they all look great in terms of matchup I don't know what to make of the drama around the team but it's funny to me it's know. it's ridiculous I don't understand why well I do understand why this always happens with Odell Beckham it's because he he doesn't behave and and the press always feels like it's their job to condition these players so that they're they're better behaved they show the you know the proper ob- they observe properly uh you know uh power structures and, and and uh you don't get uppity like you know your place as a player and Oda Beckham does not know his place as a player he he just does not care about these people and they resent him for it we always end up with these stupid manufactured narratives by the press where he he basically answers like yeah I like being here I guess you never know what could happen in the future and they're like oh my god he wants out and it's like this this sucks you all suck I hate you <laughs> but is the come get me behavior a little bit odd to you i don't i don't really know what he's going to do other than a no comment well even then they'd be like oh he's just sulking um like he's he's just answering honestly like if if the team doesn't want me maybe i'll play somewhere else like what is he what is what is he supposed to say like uh, i'm going to play in cleveland forever no questions asked like what what it's it's just I don't know he could handle it a little better like he could be more aware of, of the games that the press plays and he, he could save himself some trouble by just opting out from it right. uh, but it's 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 ridiculous I mean it's he's he's being received differently because of his attitude basically like other players don't get scrutiny the same way uh, but in any case if if he's motivated and he's focused I don't i don't know how he has a bad game against the cardinals if baker mayfield's hand is okay but admittedly those
2: are two giant conditions yeah for now, though
1: yeah they are giant yeah they are but uh i don't know 6400 against arizona if he's if he's uh supposed to be healthy which it looks like he's supposed to be then i'm, I'm gonna make like a couple lineups within okay. the tournaments not cash game uh, but tournaments I'll I'll have to go at that a little bit
2: yeah makes sense and uh, I mean the matchup is you know
1: as good as it gets really and then on the Arizona side anything that you're approaching well um I, I haven't looked at their prices on, on DraftKings yet I think the way things have gone Kirk will run against Denzel Ward pretty much the whole game and Fitz maybe has the easiest matchup uh, Farrell Cooper who they've been playing more than uh, the tight ends lately If he, if that keeps up he could have some deep tournament appeal because he he's running in the weakest part of the Cleveland defense. You generally want to run at T.J. Carey rather than Ward, and uh, you'd rather run, run at Greedy Williams than Ward too. So uh, Jarvis Landry looks or sorry, uh, Larry Fitzgerald looks great in the slot and uh, the left receiver. That I don't know if you can do anything there because they're doing this stupid thing week to week with Demir Bird and Andy Isabella rotating in a way that I don't understand. So maybe there's something to chase there, but. Uh, I don't know if I'm really considering anybody, but Fitz, I guess, because I'm not that psyched on the idea of Kirk against Ward. Like, I, I still think Ward is very good. Yeah, I, I do too. So that that does
2: become a tough matchup. And then, uh, you know, if this Browns pass rush can get home, uh, you know, that that makes it all the more difficult for this for this. uh What do you think about Parker Kyler in this one? <sighs> you know. Like you said that there are weaknesses and strengths to this to this uh, brown secondary where is he in terms of like the pricing pecking order for d f s uh, let me pull him up he's on drafting series he's not at the ownership will be low and it is at home i I think that there's enough to like talk yourself oh into. my god yeah, that he'll be he's down low
1: owned he 's uh, down at fifty six hundred which is lower than drew lock <laughs> so um okay. Yeah, that's interesting to me because as much as I think uh, that ham- like him too, the hamstring, like he was obviously hurt, even though they removed him from the injury report that one time. Um, but uh, they also did that with David Johnson a few weeks ago. But yeah, they've
2: been having some fun. Yeah, yeah. Cliff,
1: Cliff is making a mockery of the injury reporting protocols. But at fifty six hundred, that's just so cheap. Where uh, and I think that his game suits kind of attacking the weaknesses of the browns off uh defense it's like you want to attack that middle of the field where they're kind of a mess and just basically stay away from ward and i, I think they'll be able to get fits going at least and and drake should do well too at five well i don't want to take his playing time for granted but it's a good matchup for whoever's running the ball forgot to i can't believe we, it took us this
2: long to address it but kyler versus baker you know, oh, a couple yeah. of OU teammates, couple of recent Heisman winners. It's uh, it makes this matchup a little bit more watchable when I throw
1: narratives. All right, like that's that a, that's there. a narrative I'm going to run wild with. I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Th- th- this is a this is a this is kind of and like, it's Heisman weekend. Heisman weekend. I think these th- these planets are aligning along with with our you know these observations that you've put forth, and I think we're, that we're on to something here now. I think uh, big game Baker, uh, big game Kyler one of these two teams will sign, like, Michael Crabtree before the game, and he'll have a big game. Yeah, it also means... Just a big, t- big 12 party, just I everybody. I need
2: to be restrained somewhere in a safe location, because when all these conditions are met, I do turn
1: into a werewolf, so... um yeah it's, we'll have to take care of that well too. it's that kind of game uh, especially if, if baker is on uh, you know the fight milk or whatever he's gonna <laughs> Made need with real crow's eggs yeah they, they gotta have a little something extra for this one there's too much big 12 uh, just energy too God. much yeah, it's, yeah. too okay. much heisman big 12 energy for this to, to come out like a, a thud in my opinion yeah suddenly this game is very good to me it's the most important one i think
2: absolutely all right let's move on uh we got the rams going up against the cowboys uh i thought I was listening to the Real Man Wood podcast, the, the Chris List, Dalton Del Don uh, extravaganza. I love that podcast. But, like, uh, List was making a good point that, you know, motivation is not something that you can, you know, really quantify here. But if the Rams lose this one, their playoff hopes get really, really slim here. Whereas the Cowboys, they can lose and still, like, win their division. So, like, it... That know, rules. I know, right? That's it's so just, cool. <laughs> good job. Um, So i think that coupled with the fact that the rams are playing actually really good football of late and the cowboys not um i think that with that the rams one and a half point road favorites here i think they can take care of business. and again as we've said many times on this podcast i'm not afraid of like the dallas home field advantage whatsoever
1: yeah i at once think that uh basically there's not exactly like smoke and mirrors with jared goff's success lately but more like they've protected him well like he's he's not dealing with pressure he wasn't dealing with much that i noticed against the seahawks at least and when you give him a clean pocket and you give robert woods and cooper cup all day to cross their routes and get their pick systems going then jared goff will make clean throws to those guys he'll even occasionally make really good throws and I never doubted that. I think there was room to acknowledge that and then still have, in the bigger picture, a lot of skepticism, especially if you're framing it as the question of, is he average? Is he above average? I think it's clear he's not above average. Uh, he can be below average and still do what he's done uh, the past couple of weeks, do what he did against the Bengals and the Falcons. It's when things get tougher that, that you worry about him falling apart. And this is, at once, I can imagine McVeigh just so... Thoroughly out coaching, out game planning the Cowboys that they they keep this a favorable situation for Goff. They continue to protect him and, and uh, shield him from these things that he that he's just uh, fatally flawed at. Like when, when he's the kind of guy who I think you know he, he looks great until he's killing your team. I don't know if there's really much in between for him because his his flaws are profound when when uh, the broader system can't protect can't uh, keep those flaws you know hidden. And against Dallas, it's like I don't expect. Well, Brandon Cook's Jared Goff will never throw to again either way, but he'll be wasting his game against Byron Jones unless Dallas does something different. So Robert Woods, who's had really weird I know they're huge numbers, but just just weird numbers, uh, catching so many passes, finally got into the end zone against Seattle. I think he's gonna get another like fifteen targets in this game because he's gonna be running against a Wuzier. He's gonna stay away from Byron Jones. Um Cooper Cup might have a bit of a not in the sense that anyone should worry about him in fantasy but he he might have a relatively challenging matchup against Jordan Lewis so I think Woods can have another big game and I think it could be kind of the a lot like how it felt against the Seahawks where it's just Woods first down Woods first down and, and you, you're wondering like why the hell don't they cover Woods and it's just Woods first down again and you, you never really figure it out and all of a sudden they're winning and uh, I think Dallas as long as Dak Prescott's hand is fine and not that i I have no read there it sounds like he's uh, got a legitimate uh, pointer finger issue that could matter a lot I have no idea what to make of that Um, if even if Dak is 100 percent or close to it I would still take the Rams to cover that one and a half but if Dak is not uh, 85 90 percent or better then I can imagine it getting kind of ugly because that Rams defense is playing better than it has and uh, you know there's there's Donald of course Fowler there's some guys who can actually make things go wrong for the offense and then the corners Ramsey of course was going to improve um, I don't think Troy Hill is as good as he looked in that last game and I, um, I think Dallas has too many weapons and, and enough pass blocking ability that they should stay viable as an offense but yeah I don't know what to make of Dak's thumb issue and or sorry not thumb a uh, finger issue and even if he plays relatively well I just think McVeigh is going to outsmart uh, garrett enough times that you know three-point margin i'm not worried about that maybe you can gain some insight into the dac injury by reading that
2: um espn grips article uh where every quarterback talks about how they grip the football
1: so, yeah uh, uh, some
2: deep level analysis potentially i'm just throwing it out there
1: yeah we'll we'll make like four segments out of a deep dive into that on the, on the show friday I think. i'm here for
2: it okay all right can do and then uh one last question toss up for you Gurley
1: or zeke this week i'd go zeke i don't know i mean it's 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 not something i feel great about that the cowboys are dysfunctional but at least they're gonna try to give him the ball and he'll do more as a pass catcher i think than 2019 todd Gurley tends to mm-hmm. i can imagine the dallas run defense either playing well or falling apart so it's it's not like i want to fade Gurley exactly and he he looked fine you know running the ball lately so uh if the script say is viable and dallas doesn't uh successfully sell out against the run Gurley should be fine it's just if you need that 20 carry four or five catch possibility I, I don't think Gurley realistically provides it as well as Zeke might
2: yeah probably not but um I think one of my my favorite fantasy outcomes this whole season is Todd Gurley actually not being dead like many uh postulated over the summer
1: yeah it's been a weird situation I don't know why they haven't used him more as a pass catcher but uh yeah he's been fine it's it's just been kind of a rough season for the rams offense especially you know going back earlier than two weeks ago yeah
2: it, exactly so that maybe uh i'm looking at oh. it through rose-colored glasses because it has looked you know way more like 2018 these past couple of weeks
1: yeah i meant to say tyler higby i think stays hot in this one and i don't understand what the hell they were doing with him the last two years because you would remember at western kentucky he was basically a wide receiver and he was really productive he was at killing it it, yeah yeah and then he gets to the rams and they're just using him as a blocking specialist except starting two weeks ago and now he i didn't see him block i know chris Collinsworth kept saying like oh it's blocking so good and i'm just like I feel like all he did before was block and now he's their like number two receiver uh he can play like he can run like that and and he can keep it up and this matchup is probably favorable for him especially if cooper cup gets slowed at all by jordan lewis
2: right and you know looking at the safety core um it was jeff heath that's dealing with that shoulder
1: yeah he he's he's like an average at best guy too so him being hurt I, i don't i know uh What's his name? Xavier Woods gets good grades from PFF, but he always looks like a doofus every time I pay attention to him. <laughs> so uh, I don't think the safeties are especially good. Uh, there yeah, we I go. Mean, I mean, in Hig- the other thing is Higby might just – Actually, be good. Like McVay might have totally misused him the last two years because they didn't use him like they had the last two weeks at any point in the past. Yeah, and it feels like this offense
2: can support a tight end. Like it's got elements to it to make it you know or improve a tight end's overall outcome. And we saw Gerald Everett earlier in the season be pretty awesome. You know, maybe even better than you could have expected. So we see Higby with that baseline talent that you
1: mentioned, and then it's being elevated right now. Yeah, and I actually probably would have rated Higby as a. Better prospect he largely only fell to the fourth or whatever because of that knee issue and Everett he's he's fine probably I thought he was a little bit of a reach in the second round so I actually think Higby's the better player I'm not really worried about Everett taking that job back especially you know it the, the cat is out of the bag it's like they they know what they can do with Higby as a receiver now and they're not rich enough as an offense to 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 have the luxury of just putting that away now like they need to keep using him because they need to win yeah exactly and it, it, you know a strong tight end presence in
2: an offense uh, feels to be a really you know kind of important part of this season a lot of the com- competitive teams have really uh, strong tight end play so interesting development there in Los Angeles uh, let's move on over to a team that a matchup with really good tight ends on both sides of this one we got the Niners and George Kittle going up against uh the Falcons and Austin Hooper uh 49ers 11 point favorites in this one I'm debating starting Jimmy G this week over some uh you know other guys that I've been starting throughout the course of the season I I got my brain broken this morning by a friend of mine and obviously, the, this this question will be answered by the time, or by after the time that this is posted. But he was like, "Do I bench Lamar Jackson uh, for nah. Jimmy Garoppolo tonight?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Like, part of me says, you know, it's going to kill you if you if you leave Jackson on the bench and he blows it up for just two quarters, and and that's all you needed from him. Uh, and Garoppolo, you know, has a game where." the Niners can just kind of sit on the ball and and run that clock out after they get a lead on on this Falcons team so it was a tough dilemma for me I ended up saying Lamar Jackson but I could really see the case for both and then when it comes to you know some of the other quarterbacks like Garoppolo I'd probably use him over like a Jameis Winston this week and I don't trust Jameis Winston in the thumb yeah Uh,
1: I I would definitely play Lamar Jackson over Garoppolo but I would seriously consider Garoppolo over guys like i don't know matt ryan in that game dak prescott uh uh, kyler murray i guess even though i'm still high on murray as a as a tournament consideration in dfs i'm I'm much less worried about garoppolo's floor Uh, i don't think the atlanta defense even in its recently improved state is any sort of uh, concern really uh the biggest concern is is like does does matt ryan just gets sacked 14 times and throws three interceptions and uh, does Jeff Wilson score three touchdowns on six carries for five yards that kind of stuff might happen in a game like this if the Falcons pose no threat but the 49ers defense seemed to lose a lot with Jakeski Tart missing time and I don't know if uh, I don't know if that explains a game like last week against the Saints because people forget you know the the range of outcomes that are possible despite these uh these these generally true statements like the 49ers defense is very good it's one of the best in recent years and you know these two offenses are struggling this year like that all can be true and you can still have a game that makes no sense like that one especially uh you might remember the 2000 i don't think it was week one it might have been week one but the jaguars played the ravens and it was like tony banks had five touchdowns or something i was at yeah, that game and it was like oh wow <laughs> okay yeah it was it was like 45 to 42 or something and yeah, I, don't, I don't know if
2: sharp the... had the game-winning touchdown game oh nice ruled.
1: yeah i don't know if like did, did the ravens give up 40 points the rest of the year i'm sure they did but right. it was it was it was insane because I, I remember like before that year thinking like oh the, the ravens have like the best defense ever and then in week one like jimmy smith and all those guys put up huge numbers tony banks comes out victorious the jags had like to that point because they were in the same division right it was
2: called the old afc central and
1: yeah i I forgot
2: about all that stuff i don't remember the jaguars were the ravens daddy for the first several years of the ravens existence mark brunell would routinely just torch the absolute hell out of them so that 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 game was a very uh important it was an exorcism it really was yeah Yeah. and
1: maybe maybe this game with the saints and the 49ers was another exorcism maybe Jakiski tart really mattered that much but there's still there's still a possibility that that game didn't it was there's just sometimes where weird things yeah, happen i'm not
2: i'm not worried about the 49ers defense I, I expect it to be more like the sample that we've seen all
1: season more so
2: than you know a, a crazy game in the superdome they
1: are very beat up i gotta mention though okay. uh Quan williams concussion wasn't practicing as of yesterday jacqueski tart missed last week wasn't practicing as of yesterday richard sherman wasn't practicing as of yesterday with a hamstring dj jones who's been a pretty good interior lineman wasn't practicing d ford i think has been out for like two games now so they're still beat up and i think that's a reason to be optimistic for garoppolo because w- what are the odds like even if he gets sacked seven times like what, what are the odds that matt ryan playing against a bunch of uh, i don't know half of the 49ers backup defenders uh not that that's for sure going to happen but it, it's just a possibility until some of these guys back and get back in practice but unless ryan totally fails in that setting which if you're if you're talking those kinds of injuries I'm not as worried about Ryan as I could have been. And if Ryan plays well, then Garoppolo will have to throw the ball at least a little bit. Whereas, like, the way it only goes, the way it goes actually wrong for Garoppolo is, I think, if they just don't really need to throw the ball. Yeah, exactly. And, like you said, maybe there's enough
2: um, just holes on this San Francisco defense because of the injuries to where. You know the Falcons keep this relatively competitive, and therefore Garoppolo uh, gets a little bit more action in that one. So hopefully that pans out that way. Eleven points at home. What do you think?
1: That's a lot. I I think I'll go with the Falcons to cover that. Just because it's like eight. You can you can get beat big time in the NFL and still only lose by like eight. So. <laughs> yeah and
2: you know I don't I don't expect this to be a peak 49ers game especially after kind of expending all that they did a week ago there so I I, I suspect that the Niners win by like 10 or something like that or, or seven uh, more so than covering 11 points there uh, let's move on over to the Giants three and a half point favorites against the Dolphins huh cool <laughs> good um, yeah, I don't really know what to say about this game
1: well it's uh, interesting that- Slayton yeah I had that kind of wrong I had it totally wrong last week I thought it would suit Tate and Shepard to have Eli at quarterback and and not Slayton but I don't know maybe maybe Slayton's just the wide receiver one there maybe he's maybe he's really that good I I definitely am sold on him uh, to be clear I just didn't have faith that Eli would would throw it up to him but man it it sets up great for all of those Giants receivers that Dolphins secondary is not a real NFL secondary Darius Slayton can burn those guys he's he poses a lot of the similar matchup risks that Robbie Anderson would and he did well against the Dolphins they just don't have guys who can run with that kind of speed they don't have guys who can run with Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate hardly uh, and they're, they're not even supposed I guess Shepard's kind of fast but Tate's not even supposed to be fast I think they'll all be open uh, I think if Evan Ingram can play 30 or 40 snaps he, he would get five or six targets but I don't know what to make of that foot it's pretty bad at a glance in my opinion that they said he was going to play last week and then i think it was saturday wasn't it yeah it might have been like during the show yeah and they're just actually never mind everything's okay though it's like oh really that's you you thought things were going to be different yesterday though what happened so that that kind of creeps me out i don't even see why they have him playing to be honest because especially when, when you're talking about foot issues like foot sprains and useless busted seasons like why I even put him out there, but if he is out there, he's he's very good, and Eli likes to throw to him. So uh, any of those guys could have a big game. It, it has to be Saquon week, right? We're all in on Saquon. We, we would hope so. Let's go all in on. Saquon. All right, let's let's do it. It's a it's about darn time. And frankly, Saquon, you owe it to us. God, he's going <laughs> to be so chalky at seventy seven hundred on DraftKings, though. I got a I can't help it. I got to go. No, I got to go in.
2: It has. To, it I'll has get my
1: to differentiation happen. with all my Browns and Cardinals anyway. See exactly. So that's how that.
2: Is all going to pan out? Any anything to like on the Dolphin side of this one?
1: Uh, yeah, let's see. Is, is Devonte Parker going to play with that concussion, or are we thinking he's we're not sure yet? Okay, well, if Ryan Fitzpatrick can make a game of this, and I have no idea, I guess he probably won't. But uh, it's encouraging that this is supposed to be like a forty-five sort of degree game rather than a cold one. Uh, maybe fitzpatrick can get it to albert wilson isaiah ford actually is pretty interesting to me i know he's he's a really poor athlete by nfl standards but i don't see anything that meaningfully different in his profile as a prospect versus uh i guess this isn't that flattering of a comparison at the moment but like rashard higgins and more more flattering tyler boyd these guys who you know they run like a four six, even though they're like 6'2", 195, and that that kind of sucks. But then you look and you're like, well, how the hell do they put up these numbers in college if if they don't have something to work with? And what do you know? Isaiah Ford gets some some real opportunities last week, and he's he's super efficient with his targets. I think he's I think he's got actual skill yeah, as he a gen- can play. As a general rule, guys cannot produce like he did at the ages that he did at Virginia Tech unless they are good like even if he's not a burner even even if there's these flaws like generally you can't do that unless you have some sort of unique set of traits so i'm interested to see if he can keep it going don't know if i'll be interested enough to go at him in uh fantasy but let's see he's a uh, 3700 on DraftKings. okay i can probably get interested at that price that's that's pretty low risk that's really cheap yeah especially if, if he's got that that
2: path to targets that we expect him to
1: yeah, him and uh, maybe Gasicki eh, four thousand for Gasicki, that's not as interesting. If I'm if I'm getting any dolphins uh aside from Laird and then what is his number anyway? Laird, where are you? He's Patrick. at forty five hundred. That's actually pretty interesting to me on draft. Is that games. gonna be chalky? It might be.
2: I don't uh Maybe I'm maybe I'm just like in the Twitter echo chamber where like everyone I follow is an industry person who likes Patrick Laird or something, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a fair concern. I mean, forty five hundred PPR, he's he's the best cheap kind of thing, I guess. If if Laird is not chalk, it's because Josh Jacobs is out and DeAndre Washington becomes the the overwhelming chalk at forty seven hundred. Oh yeah, he absolutely would be. So keep an eye out for that. But yeah, that. Keep keep like
2: 4,700 available to move on or off of one of those two guys for your lineups on Sunday. Uh, before we move on to our next game here, we got a message from our friends over at armchair quarterback armchair quarterback is a real-time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast you know what the next play is going to be Predict it and earn points climb the leaderboard and increase your chances to win tickets and other prizes it's the perfect way to make watching games more exciting we have a special league for all rotowire subscribers and we'll be posting the leaderboard online and be mentioning them right here This week, we're going to be playing on that Monday night football matchup here, so you can form your own league with your fantasy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair quarterback, make every game bigger. And we also got a message from our friends over at Yahoo. For sports and betting fans in the New Jersey area, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Sports betting is available today on Yahoo Sports and the Yahoo Sports app, powered by BetMGM. Yahoo Sportsbook, powered by BetMGM, allows fans nationwide to view betting odds across a variety of sports, and users of a legal age to bet inside the state of New Jersey can click through the odds and place bets on Bet. MGM. New users 21 or older in New Jersey can make their first deposit of $10 and receive a $100 in free bets. Go to BetMGM.com slash Yahoo to get started and for full offer terms and conditions. Also, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football continues to launch new fantasy contests every single day. Visit Yahoo.com slash Daily Fantasy to enter an NFL, NBA, or NHL contest today. All right, Mario, let's jump on over to... Our next matchup here, we got the Saints going up against the Colts here. The Saints, nine-point favorites, obviously coming off that that tough uh, loss at home to the 49ers. Uh, Before we get into the Saints, though, how BS is the Sean Payton-Butcher story?
1: I just saw this actually like and literally, I, I literally like one eyes. minute ago.
2: Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, my four year old said, you know, was, was quoting Nietzsche the other day or some BS. Like Sorry, that. can
1: you film me? What exactly is, is this butcher story? I, I just saw like the headline and I'm like, well, what the, the hell the, could that possibly mean? The butcher questioned his play calling at some point And then he just he's like, huh, why don't you worry about your meat? OK, so this is the butcher saying that Sean Payton said this. This is Sean Payton's making up a story. Sean Payton said this story. Yes. Okay. That's my understanding of it.
2: Uh, I mean, I'm going I mean, to stick to it
1: regardless of other facts being presented to me. I mean, I guess I could imagine that being a real th- I don't know why Sean Payton seems well, a he bit he
2: didn't say whatever cool one-liner he said he said.
1: Yeah, I don't uh th- 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 when when the when the presented story is and I told him, "Huh, why don't you worry about your meat?" I guess I'm picturing instead this guy just like waving a cleaver in his face and Sean like dropping the meat and running away. Uh instead, I, I don't know, but I it's a weird story to like flex on. It's a weird thing. Like, hey everyone, uh, good to see you. I know you're all you're all feeling a little critical of me and, and that, that was an important close uh, conference loss that we had last week, but let me let me tell you this. Let me point out something. My my butcher doesn't respect me anymore, and but I put him in his place. But get this, That's, I told him, "Hey loser, why don't you uh, play? Why don't you chop up some of the the? What, you're a butcher, right? Well, why don't you be a butcher?" And uh, he's probably ashamed now yeah I roasted him
2: in a way that you know would make Sh- James Bond proud uh, Sean Connery era James Bond real proud with my one-liners
1: yeah good if, stuff Sean and if if Sean Payton did say that I'm a little disappointed if the butcher didn't just respond like uh, why don't you go worry about penalty rules or something idiot yeah yeah go take your <sighs> bounties elsewhere yeah Sean Payton seems to be unraveling a little bit uh he's he's definitely still a good coach but he seems like he's kind of becoming a A bit of a haywire crank at the moment and uh you never know if things can get weird when people crack and he might be cracking right now
2: is he cracking because alvin kamara is ruining a lot of fantasy people or fantasy owners
1: seasons well if so then sean can largely blame himself for some of that not all of it the 49ers just shut down kamara but i don't know that's that's kind of like just a realistic risk when you're going against especially a, a direct assignment like fred warner like that guy's such a good linebacker and you're, you're gonna have him as like the designated defender every play sometimes it's hard to beat great players like even if you have a great player yourself some sometimes you in one game samples it doesn't go well it doesn't go the way you need it to so between that and then the injuries that he was playing through especially you know a few weeks ago going back to the early season it's like it's it's easy i think to look at kamara's outcome and and just explain it like i don't i don't think there's any real lesson to learn other than just like oh well crap that that sucks that didn't work um he's still really good i don't know what to make of this colts team exactly like their run defense was generally good this year they're getting healthy finally like they the injury report is conspicuously short uh only kenny moore the slot corner seems to be in any danger of missing the game whereas the saints are quite beat up uh looks like they're you mean defensively for both sides right uh the the colts are not beat up at all anywhere really uh kenny moore is the only one who's in danger of missing and that's a change from recent weeks like they've normally had pretty big injury reports going basically back the whole year uh so anyway kiko alonso teron armstead cameron jordan von bell they weren't practicing as of uh let's see today Thursday. so yeah so that uh, Thursday yes um so that's actually uh, some amount of concern for them but yeah I, I think the Saints win I, I don't have any faith in Jacoby Brissett especially against a defense like this but I, I don't know if I'm really on board with nine maybe that's maybe that's a bit much I don't know maybe maybe it's just right I, I, don't, I don't really have any idea but uh Kamara should be fine Thomas should be fine I don't think Jared Cook will s- uh I, I know i misread that uh, message that you sent me john where you were like oh we, sh- we shouldn't have doubted cook and i thought you meant dalvin initially I mean, yeah no 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 and then no. i was like oh well I, I didn't realize it until late enough in the day that there was no point in clarifying to you really but uh yeah jared cook i don't think will be able to keep up his one touchdown per catch uh, kind of pace <laughs> it I, is I think wild. i think he's due for some regression there yeah he he certainly might be um
2: and then on the indianapolis side as far Ugh. as those pass catchers go, I know that you just mentioned all those injuries in this uh, Saint secondary. Obviously, this is the Monday night game again. Shout out to Armchair Quarterback; uh, they will be having a contest uh, for for this game here on Monday night. But um, in terms of like these pass catchers for Indianapolis, they just signed Dontrell Edmond. He had a great end of the season last year. Am I crazy for for
1: liking him in the showdown if he's active? A uh, showdown, anything goes. I yeah, buddy. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know how you connect, how anyone can make like a a a, a like spirited uh, criticism of using any particular player in in showdown. It's Like, yeah, why not? Uh, I don't think for this matchup, or, or at least I would say for this matchup, I don't see what the Colts can do. Like, I just don't. I don't think Zach Pascal, I don't think Inman are the kind of receivers that can do anything against the kind of corners that Apple and Lattimore are. I don't know if the slot is going to be any more. V- the, the, the slot will be more vulnerable but i don't know if the slot alone is enough to get pascal open with with the much regularity i can just see this being a total dud game for jacoby Brissett. i, I just don't think he's very good and he, he's completing like six uh he, he only completes uh for like 6.6 yards per pass something like that and uh when, you, when you're only averaging that much yards per pass, you need to be completing something like at least 70% of your passes, ideally, uh, you know, like 72, something like that. He only completes 63.2% at 6.9 yards per pass. If 63.2 is all you're completing, you need to be averaging like 8.5 yards per pass. So uh, Brissette against those corners with weak receivers, I don't know. I guess I'm, maybe I'm talking myself into uh, the Saints covering that because I, I just don't know what other than Marlon Mack the, the Colts even have and that that can kind of just work against you when you're a heavy underdog like this No, that's it yeah that, those are
2: really good points um I'll just shoehorn this in there if inman has even one catch i'm I'm taking the victory
1: on go go in on the showdown but absolutely just God. uh maybe maybe not on the uh sunday monday slate yeah i'll definitely hold off on that but no
2: that that's all good reason there uh, when it comes to maybe the saints actually covering a number that big indianapolis just doesn't really pose that that scoring threat there you could easily see them scoring well under 20 points on Monday night in New Orleans. Uh, let's move on over to the Bucks versus the Lions. Uh, the Buccaneers, uh, my faith in them all season long uh, was rewarded with Jameis breaking his thumb and Mike Evans hurting his hamstrings, So now I'm scrambling in, in the leagues that I care about. So what happens from here with this Bucks offense?
1: uh i don't know i can imagine them blowing this game i oh man i didn't mean to do that i swear i didn't mean to do this oh wait it's blau it's not blow it's that's what that's what it looks like it's pronounced like it's his, his they should have to change his name to like blow. B- B- like with with a with like an apostrophe in it um because anyway david david blow i'm calling him from now on I don't think he's he could he could uh blow it in this game but the but the Buccaneers could too because uh I just when when you when you're reducing the Buccaneers offense to just kind of like Chris Godwin plus Peyton Barber uh when when Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones become a big part of the, the projected uh workload there that just seems like a good time for something to maybe go wrong. Uh they could run well too. It's the the Detroit defense is not good or anything, but uh Tampa Bay run game is stupid i'm guessing the the most likely outcome is yeah the, the buccaneers do win this game but um nothing like use
2: who's i guess the question is who steps up without it i mean because i think godwin just becomes like even more of like a true like wide receiver one here like where he's a top five like outside of maybe like Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins like the best receiver play this week but outside of that you know where do those targets go and how does Jameis's thumb respond
1: this week with that fracture because that's
2: what's really yeah like that's the most concerning
1: detail to me yeah I think that his thumb being hurt will make the offense go into a bit of a shell and with Evans out of the picture that's still in this shelled state enough for Godwin to be useful the question is whether somebody like Brashad Perriman or I guess OJ Howard or Cam Braid or scott miller does something in addition to that or if it's instead uh you know a, a narrower and much shorter tree in the absence of evans and and this fractured uh finger thumb for winston so i like godwin the way like i just always like godwin at some some sense i don't even really have much analysis to do about it because it's just like yeah if he's playing i think he's good pick um but i can imagine tampa bay just kind of giving like 16 carries to peyton barber for 62 yards and a touchdown and uh i don't know probably going maybe low tempo trying to just get out with the win but if they uh let uh blau is that it's blau. Yeah, blau if they let blau chuck it deep to galladay and i know jo- marvin jones being out sucks he's a yes. he's a, re- he's a really injury good- ball yeah he's a really good receiver I don't think people really give him enough credit generally speaking um but Blau is willing to just chuck it at Galladay and if they keep leaving single coverage or if, if the safeties aren't uh on top of it, it it could all of a sudden just get a little bit uh, hairy for the Buccaneers and uh you know if broken thumb Jameis is is what the game comes down to that again things can go very wrong i would think <laughs> like he can he can blow it he can he can do the the two pick sixes if he's perfectly healthy and now he's got a busted thumb i don't know just seems like there's things that could go wrong here yeah it really does um and without
2: having looked yet at our free agent or our, our fab runs while we record this show so i put a bunch of money out there on Brashad Perriman don't know if i got him I, I at this point i almost hope that i didn't but I, i'm almost certain that i did because the bid was
1: that stupid so what was it like 40 21 bucks i bet you got him i'll, I'll, I'll try to I'll, on <laughs> it. I'll, I'll see if i can pull up the list here and uh anyway oh. um but yeah that's uh i guess that's all i have to maybe maybe danny Amendola steps up with no marvin jones something like that logan uh, thomas I guess. yeah well, Hugginson's toast, isn't he? He's that's our, right. You're but uh, Logan Thomas, I'm I'm kind of a truther there. I, I'm i also a truther in the sense that I bet he could play quarterback pretty well. Uh, but if not, he's also a freak athlete by a tight end standard. So could do a lot worse as far as your uh, punt type plays, I think. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a good call.
2: And yeah, I, I'm always here for, for some good Logan Thomas uh, discussion as well. Uh, let's move on over to the Vikings giving two and a half to the Chargers in this one. The Chargers playing at home, but it's not really much of a home field advantage there. Vikings uh, obviously playing pretty well of late here. So how
1: does this one shake out? I don't have a good feel for this one because both of these teams strike me as sluggish and capable of just kind of wasting a bunch of time without doing anything. It's a little easier for the Vikings to, to stay steady because Dalvin Cook... Uh, Just the kind of player that he is, he he just keeps things stable and and oftentimes explosive, but at the very least stable. Whereas with the Chargers' running game, I can imagine it doing not a whole lot in this game. Uh, The Vikings have been more beatable in the run lately than than in generally in the past. That might just be as simple as Linval Joseph and his health, and he should be pretty close to healthy in this game. So. You know, when you when you have that Linval Joseph, Daniil Hunter, Eric Kendricks core in the front seven, and, and they're all playing at a high level, as a general rule, it's really difficult to run on that team. It's a little easier to run on that team when they're on the road. Uh, so, you know, it's reasonable to have hope for Gordon, and I think especially Eckler, uh... I just don't I don't know what I would expect the Vikings to do with Kendricks in his coverage assignments when there's a player like Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler at the same time like if it was just one of the two I'd say oh Kendricks has him obviously like he's there he's like their Stefan Gilmore for uh tight ends and, and running backs but Eckler is just such a beast and and even though he only gets uh you know six seven eight touches a game sometimes he doesn't he doesn't really go below that either he'll sometimes go over it but it's like even though his role is limited it's pretty close to assured too and if kendrick's is covering uh hunter henry then it's like i guess i'm not worried about kendrick's being a problem for eckler anymore and, and if there's no kendrick's type talent to counter eckler eckler can let you up so i feel like one of those two has to do something just because kendrick's can't deal with both of them at the same time uh, and then in the meantime, that Vikings cornerback crew has struggled so much that maybe if it goes well for Gordon, it has something to do with you know Keenan Allen, Mike Williams getting open against these corners that have struggled and, and just kind of keeping the chains moving, giving Gordon a chance to accumulate volume, which if they can, they'll give it to him. That's definitely how they prefer to function. It's just more uh, might come down to like how well can the Chargers move the ball initially because we have reason to think the Vikings will move the ball more or less kind of okay with Cook and occasionally you'll even get a a genuinely good game out of Cousins but even if you don't Cook is there whereas with the Chargers like I don't really see Rivers raising anybody's level of play it's like if he has a good game I'd sooner guess it's the fault of guys like Rhodes and Waynes more than it's like to the credit of the Chargers so yeah I think the Vikings take it but, uh, yeah, I'll say they cover, I don't know. It's like, I can just see rivers down, uh, s- some amounts and just, just getting one of those nasty pop gun throw turnovers because he's, he's pressing to catch up and he can't do it anymore. Basically.
2: Yeah. The, I mean, basically the classic Sunday rivers or just, yeah, the
1: rivers on a Sunday afternoon. It's just,
2: you know, the most consistent thing out there is him trailing by possession with, you know, two minutes to go
1: yeah so uh a crippling interception to follow yeah he's he's done that thing that tom brady's done a few times this year where you're like oh he's gonna throw it deep and you're like maybe he maybe he wasn't trying to throw it oh maybe, no. maybe he meant to throw it out of it just looks like a you know it's a bird someone shot in the sky or something it, it, it it's rough um so yeah if they if they put him into that kind of uncomfortable game script then he could he could unravel a little bit so even on the road i guess i'll take the vikings to cover that one
2: yeah i would too but i still think that rivers like can put up numbers even w- oh, yeah. with that unraveling you know detail baked
1: in he still is like a football genius basically he's just he's he's playing with with a severe uh, physical disadvantage <laughs> to the relative to the field you know it's like it's still impressive in a way it's, it's just it's just kind of it's like the bad guy to watch. The that just crushes it somehow with his hook shot yeah, it's, it's he's he's like the old guy that uh, I guess it's like he's he's at the YMCA just just getting like dusted by these these kids who are thirty years younger than him. But he still, if you don't cover him in the corner, will make that three pointer every time. So, yeah, uh, just just cover the three pointer. Don't don't let him make a big deal out of this. Come on. There you go. Uh, that's a great way
2: of summing that up. Uh, let's move on over to the Raiders going up against the Jaguars jaguars seem to be spiraling a little bit here God, they and, suck uh the raiders
1: Ugh, six and a half though that's a lot six and a half five and a half even i don't know if i like five and a half for the raiders uh i i basically am willing to believe and maybe this is reckless maybe this is maybe there's no objective uh, case for this but i am willing to believe that minchu is better than car I'm, I'm sick of the car stuff sick of them um but uh traveling that far it's kind of putting a lot on Minshew, especially with how bad the pass blocking has been in that offense for the past few weeks it's like as bad as Foles was it's like Minshew is struggling a lot for a lot of the same reasons i think the receivers should you know their matchups are good i just even with clellan farrell as the lead guy i'm a little worried about the blocking and uh I don't know. Other than for it, it it feels sketchy to take much for granted with the Jacksonville offense, but they have no real good excuse for failing to, to the sort of scale it would take to, for Oakland to cover. It's just and I can't imagine Oakland being that good either. I mean, without Josh Jacobs, maybe DeAndre Washington is decent. I don't I don't really think he's anything. Uh, he's good enough in fantasy and he's getting if, if Jacobs is out, he gets enough workload to, to be useful for the majority of teams. Like he's definitely uh, the top waiver or I would say anyway he's the top waiver pickup and he, he could instantly be a top 15 sort of running back play if Jacobs is out but that just has more to do with uh the workload and and the, the matchup the Jacksonville run defense has been bad all year and Miles Jack went on IR last week I think so Washington should be fine but I can't imagine Carr just playing well like I don't know it's hard for me to get it's Derek last Carr game right in Oakland last game, last, last game in, a- game in Oakland yeah, is uh, is Fresno State, California, something pride? Uh, he's good now because uh, sentimentality. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's the good analysis. Gruden maybe coaches him up. Maybe that's the good stuff for Derek Carr this week. But that's uh, all I got for him. <laughs> yeah, I I actually really like Jacksonville's chances of covering there just because I don't I don't know, man. They have DJ Chark. They do. Whatever. And uh, the Raiders decidedly do not they've got tyrell williams who Derek carr is terrified to throw to yeah it's a it's an odd phobia to have but maybe he should overcome if i were an nfl quarterback i would simply throw it to my good receivers see you're making a lot of sense here all right let's move on over to
2: the chiefs going up against the broncos uh chiefs 10 point favorites at home i think more than picking a side on this one this feels almost like a trick as far as the over under is concerned it's only at 45 from what i'm seeing i
1: feel like this game is an easy over i can't tell what i think about the chief's defense and i guess frank clark is a bit of a question for this one um trying to pull up whatever whatever it was that he was dealing with if he's out illness slash shoulder that would be uh, he's probably their second best defender in my opinion after chris jones so that would be a big loss um yeah that's that's the main notable thing with them so if he's in that helps if he's out that they can't exactly replace him so that that would make it tougher for the Chiefs to really make Locke look bad but I I feel like Locke could melt down in this game and I don't want to take a I don't want to like deny him the due credit for playing so well against the Texans last week but i think he was kind of just mashing the buttons a little bit like i don't i don't know if i really believe that he knows what he did right in that game like i, I think he knows like well that worked but i i, I think he might have been kind of uh like when i pull a christ air and tony hawk won type of deal yeah something like that where you're just like i'll take the points but i'm not sure what i just did there and uh Locke is prepared to keep chucking the ball even though he doesn't know what he's doing and i'm generally i'm, I'm always i'm actually, all for that yeah. yeah i'm always good to see that in a quarterback because it's worse the worst thing is when you get a blaine Gabbard who's just a coward and uh doesn't isn't willing to take a risk um it's like with with lock you'd sooner have the opposite issue where it's just like please stop trying to throw the ball as far as you can do something else take a nice check down please drew but uh he against this kind of team in a place like arrowhead i feel like it could go a little bit wrong right um do we want to do we want to go with something like well missouri borders kansas so this is almost like a homecoming game for him he used to date uh the daughter of
2: Lamar Hunt or or uh whoever not Lamar Hunt whoever uh, owns the Chiefs now. Oh okay. Uh his daughter I think him and Drew Lock or her and Drew Lock used to go out. Okay.
1: So, yeah, so let's let's see yeah there, there's no there's no uh there's all sorts of stories there's no easy guide to this sort of narrative uh structure that we have here but there's something to on we one. gotta we gotta dig into that and and uh do an emergency podcast when we get to the bottom of it um but in any in any case to be serious i i just think going to arrowhead probably probably due for bad regression anyway Uh, Like even if he was playing the Texans again, I would say like, no, he's not going to throw for 300 yards. And that that was that was an absurd game, one of the most absurd uh, performances. But you got to remember that uh, Texans pass defense is pretty bad. And at least the left corner, like Charvarius Ward's doing a good job for the Chiefs. Um, I, I don't he might tend to line up against Sutton unless they put him on the right it was so funny Bashad Breland having that big game of all people uh, against the the Patriots and I remember like even in that game I was like oh my god Bashad Breland sucks so much he always gets a beat every single time I watch him play and then he has that interception against the Patriots where he was only in the position to make the interception because he got beat so bad on the play and it was like that rule and it was like i've been owned yeah <laughs> but he i thought that he just was bad all this time and it turns out he that he was just playing the long con on all of us he, he was just like void christmas saying he's like i'm i'm so bad i don't know how to cover people and and then you believe him and it's like but i but i am actually just sitting on this other route over here to edelman and he had that that uh he broke up that last pass too in the game uh, that was just lucky though brady just had to bail on the pressure um but yeah breland uh that that i'll just go ahead and say that's the last good game he'll ever play he's, he's just bad again from now on okay um but i don't know if Locke can take advantage of that enough uh, and i also hate that he doesn't i don't know patrick is doing good but like Noah Fant is not going to keep averaging 40 yards after the catch per catch like they're going to have to find a more sustainable approach th- than banking on those kinds of big plays
2: yeah, but I don't know. This is a this is a divisional game, and it feels like they're gonna at least go with that strategy. Like they're not gonna go into like some conservative mode. I think they're gonna just try to let it rip the rest of the season, and that that makes for a dangerous team if it, if it clicks. Obviously, we saw it last week in Houston. So I think I think the Chiefs might not cover this one. Uh, like it, there is the Arrowhead factor, like you mentioned, and that can be a, a really really tough place to play, especially for an inexperienced quarterback like Locke. But I'll just bet on a little bit of the the craziness continuing to work out in Denver's favor long enough to make this game somewhat interesting and certainly long enough to go over.
1: How about, how about this? If if Kansas City covers the over hits because that means Mahomes is basically airing it out. Like I can't imagine the Chiefs running wild on the Broncos defense. No. no. So I think if I think if the Chiefs cover it, might have to do with Mahomes propelling the over uh I, I i guess that's how i'm seeing these things correlate yeah that i mean that that could definitely happen so uh but i just don't
2: think that the chiefs not covering would exclusively mean that the game doesn't go over
1: but i think if the chiefs
2: do cover the over definitely goes
1: yeah i i don't want to yeah i definitely don't mean to rule it out i just i just think that if mahomes is on that actually would be kind of bad for Locke because then the pressure goes up it's one thing to be chucking the ball deep when your team is in control but when you're on the road and and if mahomes just scores twice on his first five passes all of a sudden you might you might find your resolve withering yeah now that that is an excellent
2: uh counterpoint there uh let's move on over to the patriots going up against the Bengals. i mean the patriots know all the moves right so
1: I still don't know what the, any of this is, and I can't I'll, wait I'll to forget it about. The, I'll think the worst of the Patriots anyway. Yeah, like what? Am I, it's like they're they're out there boiling orphan blood on the <laughs> sidelines, and someone's like, "Oh, they they have a camera. They're not supposed to." And I'm like, "So what? They're doing dark sorcery. Who cares about the cameras?" I'm like, I'm I'm worried about the these evil spirits that have been long since buried, or maybe even banished to hell, that they summon back to earth uh, for for these. For these it didn't work sunday, that was cool, um but usually it works, you know they're and against the bengals like you don't you don't really need to call upon uh the that, that you can get like your third string you know succubus demon out <laughs> there and it'll be fine, yeah, just just put any old clown monster uh spirit summon it, and it'll it'll probably be enough yeah. uh, I think the bengals i don't, I don't know they they still suck i don't i don't it's not a real game no <laughs> yeah not a real game is I'm my opinion this game uh just as a i mean
2: you got just two completely different teams going two different directions i just don't
1: think that the patriots would <laughs> i think they cover nine it. and a half by the way do. i just it, it seems like a good time for the new england defense to start scoring uh, more touchdowns than the offense again I, and the Bengals present that that opportunity for them um it's not ryan finley but Salton might work still, fine anyway still pretty good do you think that Mixon can run on them a little bit I think he can with on a like a per touch sort of basis but I just don't know if he's going to get to 10 carries like if if he does it would be because the Bengals I think are almost expressly forfeiting the game but I don't know maybe maybe not if Brady has another bad game if they continue to look rough on offense maybe they'll struggle to create the kind of distance in the scoreboard that normally would get the Bengals to abandon the run maybe the script will remain viable for Mixon late into the game if so I, I think New England very easily or sorry the Bengals would very easily cover in that case so I don't see them easily covering I don't know I've had a lot of trouble getting Mixon right this year I I can't figure him out he can't figure himself out yeah I just I you, you could do worse in season long but I don't really want anything to do with the Bengals offense in this game not not really like anybody yeah it's it's gonna be a tough go for this ba- Bengals
2: offense and then I also think that there will be like the the classic blocked punt for a touchdown that that pushes the Patriots to covering even if that offense struggles
1: yeah it's there's a lot of ways that the Bengals could fail here and I think I th- in more specifically fail to the tune of a 10 point or worse uh loss and I i think they'll find a way yes i do
2: as well um let's get into this packers bears game it's gonna be chilly packers four point favorites in this one it's gonna be really effing cold where we are and then of course i was going to say that sucks because we live there (laughs) um (laughs) that's the tundra i used to laugh at when i like went to school in georgia
1: yeah 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 and it's Man and it is this and it does go another shade yet when you go uh, north of portage or so if you, once you get up to the yeah the green bay uh what's latitude is that what longitude? i don't know what those words are but one of those is the word that i mean to refer to here you know it, it listener and it gets cold you read your almanac in that part of the globe lines it gets colder there and uh it's it's gonna suck i think that bad mitch is back or or if 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 a good mitch is willing to do uh if he's willing to to kind of like go to the side and put on a a mask in a, a suit of some kind uh and become like running mitch like an alter ego where he just plays the wishbone and the, the forward pass is illegal again now uh that could be a good way to make it work that would be my game plan is a wishbone offense but if it's small if hands it, in the cold for if mitch. it's if it's really cold and they have to throw bad mitch is going to have he's to coming. make a pro, pro uh, prolonged appearance in this game uh it's still interesting for a guy like alan robinson because he's just such a beast but i don't really i think the gravy train stops for anthony miller in this one i think not like permanently it's just that tremont williams is doing a great job this year and he should be pretty consistently his matchup uh i don't know if jair will shadow Allen robinson but Allen robinson's just so so much bigger that i'm not worried about that matchup even if even if it is the case it would be better yet for robinson if kevin king is out there at the le- uh, right corner spot and jair doesn't shadow him because you can just line up against kevin king all day dust him every single time mm-hmm. um, but if it is alexander that Ale- robinson has to deal with I, th- I think he can manage figuring out what i expect from the green bay offense is tough i at once don't feel worried for green bay in this game but i look at five four and a half point spread and i'm like i don't know if i'm that uh, like i have the faith but i don't know if i expect them to win the way that they would need I, i don't expect them to necessarily take the kind of approach that would lend itself to a big spread even if they more or less controlled the game the whole time because i think you can kind of just get a two field goal lead on the bears and then just put them in a sleeper hold and, and mitch will do the rest usually sure. especially when you have a pass rush and, and kind of a secondary personnel like the packers do okay
2: so yeah this this is a tough one to figure out like i definitely wouldn't put like my best bet on this game and, and then the divisional wrinkle always makes this extra interesting and then the, the weather in this is also just going to make it kind of kind of wild and you know i just have the I have some concerns about the Packers, the way that they've been playing the last couple of weeks. I mean, like, scraping by the Redskins yeah. and, like, getting absolutely pounded by the 49ers. Like, I I just don't know what to, I They're not have that good. have low expectations of them, yeah.
1: They need to stop giving snaps to Geronimo Allison, too. They should just give Alan Lazard that role, uh, get Marquez Valdez-Scantling back out there because at least he's fast. Uh, man, we're... Wouldn't it be nice to have Equinemius St. Brown right about now? Like all these all these he's other receivers, tall and
2: fast and pretty good.
1: Yeah, Equinemius gonna is going to be totally decent in my opinion. But yeah, it's like he his his dad's weird, so we have to give uh, we have to give uh, Valdez Scantling a million chances first. Valdez Scantling's fine, but at he's, least Lazard's getting playing time. Lazard is pretty good, and yeah, they've been giving him snaps at both outside and slot geronimo allison is just a, a leak in the boat they should get him out of the lineup put lazard as the full-time slot guy and maybe they do that soon but I'm, I'm still not expecting a good game from aaron Rodgers, no matter what and by good i guess i mean uh i don't think he's gonna score more than twice in this game and i don't think he's throwing for more than 260 or so yards yeah i don't either not those are like those the conditions. better case
2: scenarios that i have in mind yeah exactly plus the the bears defense is actually you know still pretty good not as good as last year but still pretty good um let's move on down we got the eagles going up against the redskins the eagles somehow you know managed to save their season against eli manning last week um on monday night they they um they're very banged up i'll give them that uh the the receiving core is you know i think that the, the whole oh this college team could beat uh this pro team type of argument always ridiculous but i think like lsu or alabama's receivers would be an improvement over what these eagles guys are right now
1: well if lsu the team played against the eagles like maybe the lsu defense wouldn't do very well but a it might and b it's like joe burrow versus that uh, uh that secondary it's like i think i'm going with lsu's offense over the the philadelphia maybe that maybe like fletcher cox would just like rip off the lineman's head immediately and just <laughs> that is a problem that that's like the way it can go really badly but uh yeah in this in this particular matchup like with Alshon Jeffrey out Nelson Aguilar not practicing as of today that's kind of funny I don't know I just I think it's funny how uh how how bleak their situation is I shouldn't laugh at that Lane Johnson might not be able to play that's important Mm -hmm. so if Lane Johnson is out then yeah I really become concerned for the Eagles like I, I think Dwayne Haskins is hopeless right now and and so the Eagles will still win I think but I can imagine it being like a seventeen to fourteen kind of game, something like that. And uh, what do we make of Boston Scott? That was weird. I'm I'm in. I'm bad. Yeah. Like,
2: I always liked him. I just it, it felt like it, he was never going to get on the field because yeah. you know, he is really small. But I always liked his production. I always liked his game. I always liked what he was able to do. So seeing him get a chance, even you know, with uh, the circumstances, it took for him to get out there, he took advantage of it. And I think it's got to be to the point where. When nothing else on this Eagles offense is really working reliably, if you found something that that can work against opposing defenses right now to just kind of get you over the hump and boston scott uh he represents that, then why wouldn't you go after it a little bit
1: yeah David he Peterson. yeah he produced a, a not a not a giant sample size exactly, but it, it was a big enough sample size in one game that it should change the way that they approach their game planning going forward because I don't like not to take everything away from Miles Sanders but I don't know if there's conclusive evidence that he's better than Boston Scott right now and Boston Scott uh you know he's he's more of a pass catching specialist in theory but when he runs and catches passes as well as he did last week I feel like you got to force a little room for him like you said especially with the receivers like i don't think robert davis is going to replace all sean jeffrey as much as i think he's better than mac Hollins and robert made... davis revenge game though robert davis revenge game that's right never mind uh carson wentz is going off in this one uh, <laughs> primarily to robert davis let's go yeah so that, that'll that be cool um anyway i think the eagles should be fine but if delane johnson is out that's a way for ryan kerrigan to cause a lot of problems
2: yeah definitely so i i just can't trust this eagles team right now to cover four and a half so I, i'll go with that ugly um 17 14 type of result here seven and seven baby the nfc east title division champs very hang that banner because it's it's one to be proud of um let's move on last game here we have the stillers going up against the bills this is a you know potential wild card uh are two wild card teams going at it uh
1: this weekend the steelers are at home one and a half point favorites i think i like the bills yeah, this opened at seven and a half for Pittsburgh. That's kind of weird. um So yeah, down to two or one and a half or something. <sighs> I think the Pittsburgh defense could cause some problems for Josh Allen, but there's there's also that sort of dynamic where if the blitz gets there and they hit him and he just kind of bounces off the guy, then it can go really catastrophically wrong for the Steelers defense because if they they need the, the blitz to work if you blitz and it doesn't work pretty much any quarterback will make you hurt for it but uh alan can just run away at that point he can chuck it to john brown 60 yards downfield and maybe your corner isn't running with him anymore because he thought that Allen was running it and so he pulled up and now he's looking for john brown and it's too late that kind of stuff can happen and uh if i have to pick a quarterback to to bounce off of a sack attempt it's like jacoby brissett josh allen are probably the two that come to mind so uh i think also that sean mcdermott will probably have an inspired and effective game plan to make duck hodges look pretty bad so yeah. uh, i don't think james connor can just single-handedly carry this team uh, or he can he can but it's it's just so unlikely and i, I think uh, the bills have more things going for them like they 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 don't have an obvious way to win but they have more means of conceivably doing it than the Steelers do yeah and i like them as as road dogs here
2: too yeah i like, like them to es- win this especially so um i would i would side with the bills i just
1: you know i'm not the biggest josh allen guy in the world but him versus duck hodges i mean hodges is not real no. it's just it's not real, and I th- I think McDermott will put him in some spots where he needs to to just kind of throw the ball, and uh, I, I I think McDermott will have answers. Like I, I think they'll know what the right call is, and I think they'll probably execute it right. Yeah, the Steelers have been I feel like
2: surviving on borrowed time. Oh yeah, I mean the defense, legit. But the the fact that they are in a playoff position with that excuse of an offense out there it's
1: it's i mean again it speaks to like mike tomlin like huge credit to him but i don't know man huge credit to freddie kitchens too but uh (laughs) yeah not to go back too much into that one but yeah for me buffalo pittsburgh it's like home field does matter but the distance between the buffalo offense and the pittsburgh defense is not as big to me as the distance between the pittsburgh offense and the buffalo defense and yeah it's again that that Allen detail like he can just bounce off of the, the blitzer throw it deep even if it's just to get defensive pass interference or even if it's just running for 17 yards it's like stuff like that is going to I think make the difference and so I, I think they'll win uh, let alone cover and I think also uh, from a fan perspective I look forward
2: to I guess deadspin doesn't exist anymore but you know somewhere getting out there on the internet the the fights in the stands because Bills and Steelers fans mixing it up in Pittsburgh, is this known for occurring like in the stadium? It's going to wow. Yeah, um, I mean, fights happen everywhere, but if there's something like profoundly sad about like grown men fighting at, at NFL games. But you end up seeing good clips <laughs> of them every single week, and I think that a mixture as volatile as like Steelers and Bills fans. Well, I think see, it's, especially with a game with
1: stakes. Yeah, yeah. There's I gonna the, be fights. I thought the Bills fans were all like doing it ironically though, and and like as a spectacle of of like dumb guy theater uh whereas <laughs> In the par- like the, In the Steel- parking lot maybe but like when when duck hodges throws a touchdown on them
2: and they they hear they hear it from the steelers fans one too many times they, the the starter jackets
1: start ruffling okay yeah i mean i i expected it from the steelers fans and you know eagles fans but i i just thought the, i thought the buffalo people were more of like the fargo sort of cloth where they're like oh, those are the strange northerners who are kind of like mole people and they've uh, they they're still watching TV shows from 1994, but they're okay. Uh, I, I, whereas, like, I, di- I didn't think they would be able to like keep pace with with the hardened, uh, you know, just just like s- street fighting kind of uh, street fighting kind of disposition of, of what I imagine when I when I see like Eagles fans saying. Uh, vulgar things threatening things in the stands
2: right okay so that that's definitely fair but i don't know i'll, I'll give the bills a little bit more credit which fan base the wins crazy. in the
1: melee i think the steelers would probably have enough uh like switch blades in their boots to to really take care of that and protect the home turf
2: yeah i think i think i would give the the steelers home field advantage for even for adjusting
1: their- for numbers i think they would they would grade well there
2: yeah no That that's absolutely yeah, no, that is the right way to look at it. Um so we'll have to ask Jerry what what Bills Mafia is like cuz he was boots on the ground uh there last week. So maybe that will give us uh further insight into into how these uh Steelers Bills uh crowd fights will go.
1: Yeah, uh I will in any case say Buffalo by 4. I will uh second this Bills by 4
2: 21 17. Lock it in, baby. But all right that's gonna wrap things up for today's show from mario puig i'm john mckeckney thanks again for listening to the rotowire nfl podcast brought to you by yahoo and yahoo daily fantasy sports